0: All right. <laughs> to uh, briefly review, <laughs> there is a church age that we are living in right now. At some point, very soon, like uh, you know, the day after tomorrow, perhaps, we are about right there right now. There's going to heaven will open and a trumpet will sound and you will hear a voice that says come up hither and we will go to be escorted into the presence of God as Mark uh, dramatically portrayed for us last night so incredibly well and then there will be a period of seven years on this earth in which God will culminate human history. That period of seven years is called Daniel's 70th week. It is divided into two parts. The first part, and this is very critical to know and to remember because the Bible is fairly silent on the first half, and many people get off track by not understanding what happens during that first half, and that is the false kingdom of the Antichrist where you have the beginning of sorrows, a falling away, a worldwide deception, where the system that is already in place right now uh, goes into warp drive where people are being chipped and you got your cards and they're all chipped now and all those kind of things happen and the whole system gets put together and then halfway through that time there is a shift or a change there is a uh, uh, the whole thing pivots halfway through the false kingdom where it's peace on earth and prosperity although you have wars and rumors of wars but uh, not really anything of major significance as of yet then the whole thing pivots halfway through and there is what is called the great tribulation at that point in time and most of what is in the bible about the end times or the tribulation period that we know of discusses what happens during that three and a half year period and we'll see many of those references in this portion of the study today as well and uh, then that's when God unleashes his judgments upon the earth the tribulation period for lack of a better term uh, is God withdrawing himself from mankind ever since Adam was in the garden and hid from God and said hey leave me alone I don't want any part of this uh, mankind has desperately wanted to run his own show and uh, and function and operate in this world without God. but out, leave us alone, depart from us. We desire not the knowledge of thy ways. And God says, you know, I'm going to go ahead and allow you the ap- that opportunity. And he'll fold his arms and sit back, and yet, he's, yes, he is still here. Yes, he is still active. Uh, yes, he is still involved, no question about that. But he says, you've wanted this, here it is. And he allows mankind, and of course driven by Satan uh, running the show, to have their way and have what they want, and you'll see what the results of that will be, and it will not be a pleasant time. So during that last half of the tribulation period, all the seals, trumpets, woes, and vials, and horrors get poured out upon this earth culminating in the second coming the advent of the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns with his armies us being a part of that as Brian laid out and uh, we will come back and then reign with him for 1,000 years on this earth and that 1,000 years just is the prelude to eternity future where Uh, At that point in time, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ goes on and on and on, and it has no end, as Isaiah says. We will discuss that tomorrow. In your Bible, in Matthew chapter 24, uh, Brian has alluded to this passage before, and uh, Matthew 24 is a very significant portion of the study of prophecy. One of the things that you, you will hear a lot if you delve into this particular issue especially from a lot of the teachers is they want to go to matthew chapter 24 and talk about how it uh, applies into the church and we're looking for the signs of the rapture through the um, earthquakes and the famines and the diverse places and uh, the, the all the goofy things we've talked about over the last couple of days with you know Vir- virgo giving birth to jupiter and all that other kind of stupid stuff they go to matthew chapter 24 looking for signs of the rapture Matthew 24 deals with the tribulation period it does not deal with the church and so there are no signs of the rapture it will come in the moment in a twinkling of an eye the last trump the dead in Christ shall rise and they we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air so shall we ever be with the Lord that will happen instantaneously without warning and it could be any day so that is again the last or or the next event on the prophetic calendar and we have to understand that in matthew chapter 24 and verse 21 it says this for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be and except those days should be shortened there should no flesh be saved but for the elect's sake those days Shall be shortened. Brian alluded to this passage, and what that teaches us is this: that is, God will shorten the process. It doesn't say He'll necessarily that it'll, it'll still last the full twelve hundred and sixty days, as He says, and days will still be twenty four hundred or twenty four hours long. Uh, however, what He's saying is, I will have to stop the process because if I really did just back off and let you have it. The ultimate end of that would be the annihilation and destruction of the human race. And that's what, of course, everybody is fearing, and that's where you get all the political talk of the, you know, with the nuclear arms races and all that kind of stuff. Man's going to obliterate himself from the, from the earth, and we know that that's not going to happen because God's going to stop that process. If he did not, we would, we would eliminate ourselves. But he says about the tribulation period in Matthew 24, verse 21, that is unlike any time the world has ever seen before or ever will see again. We have no frame of reference for how this time will be. It will be so horrible, you can't wrap your head around how bad this will be and what will be going on during this time. The closest thing you can get to us, and this is still not even uh, uh, possible to wrap your head around it, is the Black Plague of of uh, the Black Death, the plague of of Europe back in 1348 to 1350, so over the space of about 18 months, bubonic plague swept through Europe. Roughly one third of the population died. Over the space of 18 months, in the tribulation period, there are two separate events where one third at one time and one fourth at another time of the world's population will die in a single event. And we just cannot get that into our head. There is no frame of reference. There's nothing historically that we can compare it to. And, uh, a- a- and to describe it is impossible for us to grasp. We just had the uh, tragic event in, in Las Vegas the last couple of days, and we look at that and we say, man, what, what is wrong with human beings? And what, <coughs> what would prompt somebody to do something like that and it's a tragedy and it's a disaster we see 59 at the last count people who lost their lives in that and we think back to 9-11 and airplanes flying into buildings and roughly 3,000 people died in just a moment a single event um, the population of the United States at this point in time is roughly about 325 million people and of course, if the rapture of the church takes place, some of them will go home to Jesus. But let's just round the number off and say there's 300 million left. Imagine 100 million people in this country dying in one event. You cannot wrap your head around that. Who will bury them? Well, we'll just go to the store and buy lunch. The stores. is where will you get the stuff? Who's working in the stores? It will be dog, eat dog, every man for himself with just the a, a, an unbelievable collapse of everything the world knows. The structure gone. We, we, we saw... Did, when we saw Katrina hit New Orleans, I sat and I watched that with my mouth open, agape, looking at an, a major metropolitan area in the United States completely uninhabitable. The whole city. Nobody could, where do you go buy food? That's what the tribulation period will be like. And it will pivot in the space of roughly about three days' time off of a series of events that can be identified in the Bible where it goes from peace on earth, goodwill toward men, (laughs) where it goes from this false kingdom that everybody has wanted for all of this time Brian mentioned the United Nations building and half of the verse in Isaiah that is inscribed in the foundation, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into, into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation anymore, neither shall they learn war anymore. Leaving out the Lord Jesus Christ in the rest of the verse. Okay, That's what man has wanted. And he's going to get that opportunity for, t- for three and a half years And he's going to think that everything is just fine. And look at what has happened. We have finally rid the world from these idiot Bible thumpers and these anti-humanitarians. And now we can finally get to outer space. Now we can finally have peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Now we can finally have all of this uh, sustainable stuff that Brian mentioned. We can finally get this kingdom that we have tried to do for all of this time, God is gone, we can do this. Of course, now they're going to think that God is here on earth with them because the Antichrist will convince them of that. There has to be something that pivots that time because it goes from the peaceful kingdom to the disasters and the hell on earth in a very, very short time And for the last three and a half years, it is just one series of natural disasters, human disasters, um, wars, earthquakes, famines, pestilences, uh, death, destruction, misery, one guy, uh, mankind killing each other off as fast as they possibly can, and the world knows this is coming, they don't know why and they don't know how to deal with it, but they know it's coming. Look, let's look over in 2 Thessalonians now. I want to. Brian did a flyover. I'm going to drill down. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is a difficult passage and yet it's not difficult. It's a controversial passage, yes it, yet it's not controversial. It's very complicated, and it's very simple. The pivot, or the, or, or the key of first, uh, the, the thing that, that, that leads us to um, not argue about it, but to wonder about what is going on here is in verse 7, where it says, "...the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way." And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, destroy with the brightness of his coming. There are two schools of thought on this. Both of them are true. uh, When it says, only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. The let, there is Old English terminology to mean to restrain or withhold, as you'll see it even in the text. Now you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. It's the same concept. He who now letteth, withholdeth, restrains, stands in the way of. We still use that terminology on this earth, by the way. Uh, You know, people complain about the old archaic language of the King James Bible when we still use all of its words. Uh, If you ever watch a tennis match and you see uh, the guy serve and if the ball hits the net and goes over, if it hits the net and falls, then he has to serve again but if it hits the net, goes over the side, and lands on the other side in its proper place, you will hear let come from the the line judge. You think you're hearing net. You think they're saying, oh, the ball hit the net. No, it's called a let serve because the net let the ball. It restrained, withheld, stood in the way of the ball's free flow across for the volley to take place. That's what the word means. Somebody or something, some he, is standing in the way of the revealing of this man of sin called the Antichrist. The he in this passage is not capitalized. Now, capitalization in your Bible, here's a little side note in the bible capitalization generally is personification for example you look at verse 8 and then shall that wicked is capitalized be revealed that is wickedness personified who is wickedness personified it is satan antichrist okay <coughs> for example as you uh, maybe you see in a lot of writings or publications people talk about the the bible in their Uh, books that they write and they will always capitalize the w when they're talking about the bible the word of god right Uh, in a lot of writings they will always capitalize the pronouns that relate to jesus christ he him the bible doesn't do that in the bible when you see a capital w o r d it's talking about the living word of god like in revelation chapter 19 his name shall be called the word capitalized of God in John chapter 1. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. It's capitalized in 1 John chapter 1 of the word of God which we have handled with our eyes. It's capitalized there. But throughout the rest of the Bible, when the word of God is mentioned, it is not capitalized because it is personification. So the he not being capitalized in 2 uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 tells you that it's not a personification of an indiv of of an entity as much as it is a person okay it's just an an, an an individual and what happens is some people will say well this is clearly talking about the rapture of the church because he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way must be the holy spirit of god to be taken out of the way before any of the work of the antichrist can be done the fact that it is not capitalized does not uh, uh, lend itself to that, uh, to that position. Now, you can teach that from the passage, that he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way is clearly referencing, uh, you can support the teaching that the Spirit of God has to be taken out of the way before any of the work of the Antichrist can happen. But there's something else in the passage. It is not the personification of, of something it is just a person and I want to read through the passage and then we're going to come back and I'm going to tear it apart for you and try to put it together in such a way that you can see what else is going on in the passage the two schools of thought are this one it is the spirit of God that has to be taken away at the rapture we know that, we understand that we understand that the church does not go through the tribulation period that plus many other passages of scripture are brought into to, to bear to teach us that we do not go through the, pa- the, the tribulation period Enoch, the rapture of the church the picture in the Old Testament as Brian laid out um, we are not appointed unto wrath second, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 uh, just clear in as, 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 as day in the Bible the church does not go through the tribulation period and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 supports that teaching and you can teach it from the passage. However, let's just read through and then let me drill down into some things today to establish what I believe really is going on in this particular passage of Scripture. No Greek necessary. Okay? Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is that? His advent. By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, right here, heaven opens, and somebody comes down. His name is Jesus, the Word of God. We come with him. And by our gathering together unto him, which is what other event? This one right here, the Revelation 4.1. Heaven opens, and John goes up. Picture of the rapture. We go up with him. So Paul begins the passage with those two pillars to establish what he's talking about. We beseech you by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Don't get shook up about this. The rapture is at hand, the day of Christ. If it was at hand 2,000 years ago, it is at pinky fingernail right now. (laughs) Okay? Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I want you to notice that in this passage, the key verb is the word revealed, not the work. The, the work of the Antichrist in this passage is only alluded to in passing. And the teaching that says that, okay, the, church, the, the only thing in the passage is the rapture of the church, you have to get the church out of the way before the work of the Antichrist can go forward, is a side thought in the passage. The main thought is how this man is unmasked, how he is revealed to be who he is. The Antichrist, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not, that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth, that he might be what? Revealed in his time, what is his time? the man of sin's time. what is his time is his time back here? Yeah, he's the God of all the, he's the God of the world right now. We understand it. Second Corinthians chapter four. okay We understand that Satan has control of the political kingdoms. We know that. His time is from here to here, specifically the time in which he is cast out of heaven and is confined to earth right here in the great tribulation period. How is he revealed here? Here is the incessant problem that we have with the study of prophecy we, we, and I mentioned this yesterday, the two biggest problems we have with all the prophecy idiots that are out there is, number one, they want to date the time of the, of the rapture of the church. Okay, When Jesus himself said, I'm choosing not to know it. The second problem we have is they're running around every place trying to identify the Antichrist and pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger so we can walk up to him and introduce ourselves to him and say, you're the Antichrist, aren't you? when he is not revealed until his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. We know that. The mystery of iniquity has been at work, well, if my laser pointer is correct, back here someplace. (laughs) The mystery of iniquity began with Cain. The mystery of iniquity has been at work since even before then, when he, when Satan said, "I will ascend and I will be like the Most High," even before Genesis chapter one verse two. So the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Only he who now letteth until will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed. So don't stop with the end of verse seven. Only he who now letteth will let till be taken out of the way. That has to be the rapture of the church taken out of the way before the work of the Antichrist can go on because the word goes and he and then shall that wicked be revealed. Whom the Lord shall destroy or consume with the spirit of his mouth destroy with the brightness of his coming. So what we have here in this passage are two events that are established as the pillars of the event uh, of the of the passage okay and those two events is paul said i beseech you brethren strong language by the coming of our lord jesus christ there is your first pillar right there that line that says christ is coming again to this earth his advent and by our gathering together unto him right here rapture of the church Those are the two goalposts, if you will, to use a football analogy. And so if you take the passage to only mean that what we're talking about now is the rapture of the church, guess where you are? Here are your two goalposts. Right here, did you watch the football game last night? Okay. All right. Right here and right here are your goalposts. And so if you, if you land on this passage and you say, well, it's just talking about the rapture of the church, yes, you can support the, the, the principle and the teaching from the passage. But if you're talking about nothing but over here, wide left. No good, right? Right? Those are the two pillars of the passage. So that everything in the passage has to fit between the two pillars, or else you're outside the framework that Paul established in the very first verse of the passage. Then he says this. Back in verse 2, he says, Don't be sh- soon shaken in mind, be troubled. By anything you hear, some spirit out there, some letter as from us, false letters circulating around before Paul was even done writing, he says, look, the day of Christ is at hand. Now, the day of Christ in the Bible is the rapture of the church. That's the day that Jesus gets his bride. He's looking forward to that day. We are as well. I think he's looking forward to it more than we are. Those of you who are married, you set the date whenever you did, in six months or a year out in the future. You you think about this. Jesus doesn't know the date he's going to get his bride. Really? Did you? Did you know that date? Once you set that date, did you know it? Try Choose to not know something like that that you know. And he knew it, and he knew it very well. But he said, as a man, I'm going to choose not to know that. But he knows that. That's his day. The day of Christ is the day that he gets his bride. That day is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, according to the rules of English grammar, that day, in verse three, is going to be the day of Christ, right? Because whenever you have a indefinite article like he, uh, like a pronoun he, you have to go back in the in the context of your English class, right? you got to go back in the context to find out who the he or the them or whatever refers to. You have an indefinite article, that day. It has to go back to, in the context, what day is he talking about? Well, the day of Christ is what ju- was just mentioned. So according to the rules of English grammar, that day has to be the day of Christ, right? Let no man deceive you, that, uh, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed. So if you're going to go uh, 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 take this passage back over here into the church age and say, well, that day is the day of Christ, and so you know it, there's coming a falling away first. Well, what, what would that falling away be? That would be what? Laodicea, right? The apostasy of the church age. That's the falling away that you're going to have to refer to if that's what you're doing with a passage. <sighs> Laodicea is apostasy. We understand that and we know that. Uh, the falling away of the tribulation period, the, apost- the worldwide apostasy of the tribulation period where the entire world goes after the Antichrist is going to make uh, uh, Laodicea look like the greatest revival that ever hit the, hit the planet. Okay, That's not what is being referred to. And then the man of sin has to be revealed, the son of perdition, so now we have the prophecy gurus running around trying to identify the Antichrist and reveal him and and unmask him for us so that we can protect ourselves against him and buy all their prepper products, right? That's what happens when you go wide left. You have to keep the context doctrinally of this passage between the uprights because what is being discussed in here is between these uprights now here is where here is a, a, a an example of where biblical grammar trumps english grammar and it's it, it, you do this two different ways first of all biblical grammar is that that day hundreds of times in the bible always refers to not the day of Christ, but that day, the day that Jesus comes back to this earth, and the day and that day separated by the day of Christ by seven years at least. Okay, so biblical grammar says that day has to be the second coming of Christ, but what, what Paul did in, in, in verse one. Is already set the pillars for you so that you wouldn't get confused as to what that day he was referring to. We beseech you, therefore, brethren, by that day, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the day of Christ, our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken and mind and be troubled, because the day of Christ is at hand. Now, that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So the pivot that takes place, the reason why in this chart that I boxed this area is because this is probably the most significant issue as it relates to the unfolding of uh, of the tribulation period and what takes place. God spends multiple passages and tons of time talking about what takes place at the exact point of 1260 days before that day and 1260 days after the day of christ okay that's what the passage is about let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come Except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. In your notes, I didn't leave a lot of blank type things, but I did here. There are four events that are set in chronology in verses 2 to 3, right? And in the order in which they appear in the Bible, uh, in the text, and again, remember I, I mentioned this yesterday, that the Bible's not always chronological. God takes events and throws them on the table and says, now you sort them out chronologically. In order as they appear in the Bible, it is the day of Christ, that day of falling away first and the man of sin be revealed. That's the order in which they appear in the text. What is the actual chronology of that? Before you write it in, let's have a little discussion of that. Let's get, we'll, we will reach an audience participation portion of this particular discussion. Okay, So before you actually start writing your numbers in there, just paying attention to what it says in the passage, what would be of those four events, the day of Christ, the falling away, uh, <clears throat> the day of Christ, that day, the falling away, and the man of sin being revealed, what would be the first one chronological? Huh? The day of Christ. So that's at hand. Okay? Now, that day will not come except there's come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed. So the day of Christ is at hand. That's first. Okay? So that's a, no- that's a one. Now, after that, what's the next one in chronological sequence? the falling away. Why? Because the word first is after. You see how difficult the Bible is to understand. So there has to be a falling away first after the day of Christ. And then what's the third one? The man of sin be revealed because that day will not come until the falling away is first, and then the man of sin is revealed, and then you have that day. So, your number sequence would be one, four, two, three, correct? Okay. So that's the chronological uh, order, and that's a great example of how the Bible is not always chronological. God takes the alphabet soup and dumps it on the table and says, sort it out. Now, since the subject is not necessarily the rapture of the church, because that gets you wide left, but the revealing of the Antichrist, there's some basic questions in play. Who is the Antichrist revealed to? Your prophecy guru, right? Somebody's going to get on the radio and, and, or television, and do, you're going to log on to the Internet this afternoon, and somebody is going to be able to tell you who the Antichrist is, right? Who is the Antichrist revealed to? me to you I already know who he is and I don't care who he is it's not important to, to, to me to the I'm, I'm going to identify him clearly we've already identified him Brian already gave you the information on it we're just going to hone it in today uh, we already know who he's the Pope we understand that and more than that but who is the Antichrist revealed to As the man of sin the son of perdition the Antichrist the nation of Israel so when somebody's out there trying to tell you that they have found out who the Antichrist is just run Forrest run he's not revealed to us I don't care who he is I know who he is I don't care He's revealed to the nation of Israel halfway through the tribulation period because he has been accepted as their Messiah and he's been accepted as the 12th imam of Islam and he has been accepted as Christ by the Christians who are left. Okay? Now don't get scared about that. I'm going to be left, when I'm a Christian, I'm going to be left, no, 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 those who are chinos, okay, you know what a rhino is, don't you, or a Republican in name only, you know what a chino is, a Christian in name only, okay, okay, <laughs> and there'll be plenty of them in churches when the rapture of the church takes place, okay, many churches will not cease to be in business. Those groups and and more like them will all accept this man as the world leader, as the Antichrist. They won't accept him as the Antichrist. They will accept him as Christ, Messiah, Imam, whoever, whatever title. He will be the world leader accepted through this peace plan that is orchestrated at this time. It takes a little bit of time in order for all of this to unfold itself, doesn't it? Okay? And just, again, here's the fallacy, here's the problem that we have with much of the prophecy stuff that is taught today. And that is, okay, the rapture of the church takes place and 30 seconds later, bombs start blowing up and famine and pestilence and now we have a tribulation. No, no. That first half of the tribulation period has to be understood as the window in which the false kingdom gets established where this man whoever he is and i believe it would be the office of pope that will be used for this will bring the world together under on, under one umbrella we're all god's children even though we call god by different names doesn't matter right okay allah and whatever name you come up with is fine because we all worship the same God halfway through this events take place that unmask this man and he, re- he is revealed to Israel those who were sealed those who are God's servants at that time as indeed the wrong man the antichrist the man of sin when is he revealed after the falling away he's not going to be revealed as the antichrist now he's revealed halfway through after the falling away is the church here when he is revealed no we're gone three and a half years before he is revealed to Israel after the falling away as indeed the antichrist and not the Christ he is the wrong Messiah, not the real Messiah. And then the last question says this, if the identity of the Antichrist was revealed to you or your latest prophecy guru, what would you do? Run, yes. Walk up to him and say, you're the Antichrist, aren't you? <laughs> okay, what? It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to even go through that. Okay. So with this, with this understanding now, go through the basic timeline of the events and unlock this passage for you and see what is really in here because there's a ton of stuff in here that relates to what happens with the unmasking of the old Lone Ranger. Rapture of the Church, of course, is the Day of Christ, and that's at hand. That's the next event on the calendar with the Day of Christ. We know that, okay? Then there comes a falling away first, the worldwide apostasy of the false kingdom. That is not Laodicea because it gets you outside the goalpost. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation 12 verse 9. (coughs) We're going to be flipping a lot of passages of scripture today revelation 12 verse 9 says the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and satan which deceiveth the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him this is a worldwide deception that uh, i believe will be orchestrated through the office of pope it may not be the guy that's in the papal chair now maybe the next one or the next one or the next one who knows what or when or how but it'll be through that office at least in which uh, a peace plan is constructed that brings Jew and Arab together. And we've talked about that before. That's in Daniel chapter 9. Uh, we know that. Let's go back and look at it real quick. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel 9 is one of the pinnacles of prophecy passages. You must know this passage and how, what it is referring to. The 70 weeks of of, uh, verse 24, the 70th week is yet to be unfolded. In that 70th week, verse 27 says this, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. There's your Daniel 70th week. And in the midst of the week, the middle point, that's the key pivot here. In the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease, that's the sacrifices that israel reinstitutes during the first half of the tribulation period uh, allowing them to rebuild their temple the key element of the peace plan is to allow israel the opportunity to rebuild their temple and reinstitute their sacrifices how else can the man of sin go into the temple if the temple is not there the temple has to be there well folks if the next event on the calendar is the rapture of the church and the temple is not there yet then we have to wait for yet another sign being the peace plan and reconstruction of the temple before we can have a rapture right no now if you want a good resource on that i listed it in your notes there the plans the pl- are already in place in the nation of Israel for this. They've been in place for a good long time. Uh, a book written by Grant R. Jeffrey, The New Temple and the Second Coming. I don't know if you've ever seen that book or not. Uh, it's an outstanding um, um, discussion of the fact that the plans and things are already in place in the nation of Israel for the reconstruction of the temple. It's a fascinating read, already set, already ready to go. Okay, They have determined through... Um, whatever means that they can we we know that uh and we've we've known this for years that the temple mount site at this particular point in time is controlled by the arabs uh in 1967 in the war in in israel at that uh, point in time 67 war where israel recaptured at least part of jerusalem one of the concessions that uh, moshe diane made at that time was to allow the arabs to set up a council or a board or governor's to control the religious aspect of the temple mount site and uh, we see that now in hindsight as a political blunder uh, they should have maintained control of israel should have maintained control of that site themselves we see that as a concession and a blunder at this particular point in time but it was a uh, it was part of the plan it was part of god's plan at least to make sure that (coughs) that Somehow, some way, somebody has to come along and figure out a way to get Jew and Arab together. You go over there right now and, and take some some building materials and start building the temple on the, on the on the Temple Mount site and see how long that lasts. Okay. We have been trying for since 1948 and even before then, but we've been trying for generations to get these two groups of people together and solve this problem over in the Middle East and some of the most brilliant people, some of the most dedicated people, some of the most compassionate people trying to solve this problem and they cannot solve this problem. And so you've had from Henry Kissinger to all the presidents, to all the uh, prime ministers of Israel, to all the uh, uh, um, 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 presidents of Egypt and, and all of the people in the Middle East trying to solve this problem and they cannot solve this problem and some man eventually will stand up and say, I have the solution to this problem. They have determined that the Dome of the Rock on the Temple Mount site at this point in time is roughly about 300 yards, I think, to the south of the exact site on where the Holy of Holies sat. And where the Holy of Holies sat on the Temple Mount is currently a concrete slab. There is room to build the temple on the site of the Holy of Holies without tearing down the Islamic mosque that sits on the site. Somebody will come along and figure out a way in order to get those groups together to agree to do this. And when he does, why wouldn't the whole world go after this man? Why wouldn't they say... This has got to be, uh, no one has been able to solve this, only God could have solved this problem, that must be God. And there's your deception, there's your worldwide apostasy, there's your falling away, there's everybody come accepting him as God on earth. By the way, who has claimed for the last 15 centuries to be God on earth? only one man only one office who has claimed to be god on earth for 15 centuries and one of those guys eventually is going to figure out a way to orchestrate this and when he does it'll just be a flip of the switch and he will be god on earth israel will receive that world leader he'll orchestrate that peace plan he'll set it up they will be the messiah Uh, As John chapter 5 said, Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. If another come in his own name, him you will receive. He was referring directly to Israel receiving the wrong man as their Messiah, as their Deliverer, as their King, leading to the first half of the Tribulation period. And something has to happen to flip that script and turn the situation. And that's what Thessalonians is talking about when it says the man of sin will be revealed in his time through a series of events. His time is the great tribulation period. And specifically that time will be roughly a a time period of about three days in which all of these things happen at the same time. Let's go back to the book of Revelation now. Go back to chapter 13, Revelation 13. We're going to run through a whole series of events in your notes there on whatever page it is. I don't know. 27? Okay. There's a whole series of events that are all um, specifically identified to occur at the 1260 point. And we know what the 1260 point is. That's the exact midpoint of the tribulation period. And I want to run through these events and show you how all of them are clearly linked to that exact specific time so if they're clearly linked to that exact specific time they all have to happen at the same time or roughly at the same time and I believe over the space of three days and the reason I use the term the, the, the time frame of three days is that that there is a connected with us a false resurrection or a not even a false resurrection but an actual resurrection. And, it, and, and, and Satan counterfeits everything God does, and if Jesus was dead for three days and rose from the dead, guess who's going to be dead for three days and rise from the dead? Okay? It's a counterfeit. In Revelation chapter 13, I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, upon his horns ten crowns, upon his heads the names of blasphemy. The beast of which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were the feet of a bear. His mouth is the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority so he gets his seat power and authority from the dragon from Satan i saw as, and i saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death this is not a coma or a swoon this is dead dead i saw one of his heads that was wounded to death his deadly wound was healed who heals the wound the head wound of the Antichrist. God? No. Who gave him his power, his seat, and his great authority? Okay, And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. They worshiped the dragon, which gave power to the beast. Look down at verse um, uh, 14. Uh, And we'll come back into what I was just talking about. Verse 14 Deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. So he had a deadly wound, and now he is alive. And that deadly wound was healed through a resurrection. Where the man will lie in state. This is the assassination of the world leader that occurs exact that, trib, that mid-trib point where this whole thing pivots. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men, false kingdom. Everything's going great. Pe- folks are bit getting chipped, and everything is just wonderful. Okay, the world is just awesome, and we got rid of the Bible thumpers, and everything is great. And in the just the whole thing goes boom and flips on its ear instantly in a very short period of time over the three days. Back to verse 4, it says, They worshipped the dragon which gave power to the beast. They worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to, what is that next word? Continue 40 and two months if he continues 40 in two months he had to exist before he continues right so in this assassination he is then raised back from the dead and is given power to continue his ministry for another 42 months at that point in time so he has to be already in place that is why when you look at this you have in Revelation 13, verse 1, it says, the beast rises out of the sea, right? Then you have all of this revealing of the wicked stuff here, and now you have a beast out of the earth in verse 11. Do you see that? Look at verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And when we read that, we think, oh, well, that's a that's a separate beast, that's a... that's." there's only one beast the beast is the antichrist the antichrist is the beast when it says i beheld another beast coming up out of the earth he had two horns like a lamb spake as a dragon that is the same thing only different i mentioned this yesterday that it is a counterfeit a false trinity and the trinity of the lord jesus christ you can't figure out but you've got it you understand it you believe it you re- you, you receive it by revelation by faith And it makes sense to you, but it doesn't make sense, right? You got it. You understand it. Well, here you have a beast who rises up out of the sea. In the Bible, the sea that is referred to there is a couple of different things. One is it can be the sea of humanity. So it's a human being that rises out of the great waters. The sea of humanity is what we call that. But in the Bible, the sea itself that is referred to, if it's a body of water on this earth, is a specific body of water on this earth. Anybody know what that body of water might be? Mediterranean. Do you know what the word Mediterranean means? What does it mean? Medio terra. What does it mean? Middle earth. It is it out of the, that is the known world, right? That is the sea that is, in the middle of the known world, in the cradle of civilization and humanity, is there a nation that has its boots sticking out in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea? <laughs> okay? Where there's a stone out at the end of that that will come and... You, can you possibly not see this? So the beast that rises out of the sea is a human being, a man, and that is why the he is not capitalized in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 because it is just a man who is in the office of the Mediterranean Sea on a nation that sticks its foot out into the middle of that sea with a stone on the end of it that that represents the stone coming back in Daniel chapter 2. He is assassinated, he rises from the dead, and now he is a beast out of the earth. Well, how does he get out of the earth? Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9, and the fifth angel sounded... And I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. Okay? So that's why we have, this is the fifth trumpet, right? And if you remember, we went through this yesterday. That's why I have this trumpet number five shifted left that is lined up exactly with this line called the midpoint of the tribulation period. Because that bottomless pit opens during this exact same uh, 1260 day time period and we'll establish it by the passage here. The bottomless pit opens. The the the. I saw a fifth angel sound. Uh, the fifth angel sounded. I saw a star fall from heaven. Five in the number is the number of death. This is the death angel. A star that falls from heaven is Satan, who is kicked out of heaven at this particular point in time, which we will discuss in just just a, about two minutes from now. Okay. To him was given a key of the bottomless pit. As he is kicked out, he has the key to the bottomless pit. And he opens that bottomless pit to bring out the hordes of hell with him and his buddy who is down there, Judas Iscariot. Brian went over that, gave you the passages. You have the passages here as well. We don't have time to go over it all. But this bottomless pit, the, the, the point I'm making here is that this thing is clearly... Linked and identified to the exact time frame that we're dealing with in the midpoint of the tribulation period, and I'll show it to you. It, in, down in verse four, it says, "It was commanded them they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, thre- any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. So when this bottomless pit is opened up, there's none of the earth. Trees, grass, or anything that has yet had, have been hurt or destroyed. Right. So, what is um, the trumpet number one? For example, is where the environmental disaster begins, and all of the, tr- the a third of the trees, and all the green grass is burnt up, and all of that. Go back to chapter eight. Okay. Revelation chapter eight. Revelation 8, 7, the first angel sounded, here's the trumpets, there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, they were cast upon the earth, the third part of the trees was burned up, and the green grass was burned up, the second angel sounded, there were a great mountain burning with fire, cast and sea, the third part of the sea became blood, you see all of this is just unfolding quickly at this particular point in time, but in chapter 8, verse 7, the grass and trees are burned up in the first trumpet just after this mid-tribulation point so the bottomless pit is opened just prior to this taking place right you see that look at chapter 7 and verse 3. chapter 7 verse 3 saying hurt not the earth neither the sea nor the trees till we have sealed the servants of our god in their foreheads so when we go back to chapter 9 and it tells us that this bottomless pit is opened in verse 4 Before environmental disaster takes place but after some people have been sealed it has to be exactly during that two to three day window of this particular point in time because the 144,000 are sealed during this midpoint and the environmental disaster begins to unfold during this midpoint so the that, that that takes a little bit extra work to identify it at that particular point in time. Most of this other stuff that you see at the 1260 point is clear in the context. Okay, But Revelation chapter 9, the bottomless pit opens at that point in time. Out comes Judas Iscariot, his soul. Now, when Judas died, he was a man like the rest of us, but not like the rest of us. Okay? Don't get into a lot of stuff there. It'll take me too long and way off the track. But the point is that um, when Judas died, his spirit went back to God who gave it. Okay, just goes out into, that's our breath of life. The soul goes to heaven or hell, one of the two, and his soul went to his own place. He owns that place. Well, if he owns that place, he's king of it. And Jesus said that he was not just full of the devil, he was a devil. Have not chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, and then Satan himself later on personally indwelt him, the only man in the Bible or in history, to be personally indwelt by Satan himself. So when Satan is kicked out of heaven, midpoint of the tribulation period, he has the key in his hand and unlocks it, jailbreak to bring out, not just all the hordes of hell, of hell but his buddy as well. His, and, and Judas's body, of course, went to the dust and the ground as, as all human bodies do, right? That's why he is the beast out of the sea here, because it is a man who, from the Mediterranean Sea, out of the Sea of Humanity, rises to a position and is used by Satan To orchestrate this peace plan to get the temple rebuilt so that he can ascend and sit upon the Mount of the Congregation in the sides of the north and be like the Most High. That's been his goal from Isaiah chapter 14 from the beginning. He will accomplish that goal to uh, the best level that he possibly can in the middle of the tribulation period when he moves to Jerusalem and moves into the temple that is not yet constructed. So we have if the next event on the calendar is the rapture of the church, which it is, we might see some of this peace plan get unfolded before then. We already know that it 's already there in place i mean the, the the stuff is there, we can see it, we see the Pope get involved in stuff, we see all the diplo- diplomacy and the stuff that is going on, and you can read about those things and it 's fun and interesting and exciting don 't don 't get hooked up into this obsession with finding a a fulfillment of a verse of scripture with every event that takes place in the Middle East. We know it's there. We know it's happening. Get obsessed with winning people to Jesus before the rapture of the church. Okay? And then once that happens, boom, out he goes and now the peace plan gets unfolded. The temple gets rebuilt and The sacrifices get reinstituted, and then halfway through, he breaks that covenant so that he can go into the temple and declare himself to be God. That's what Thessalonians says, right? So that's why he is a beast out of the sea during the first half of the tribulation period. Then this pivot (coughs) turns everything on its ear, and he becomes the beast out of the earth. Why? Because the first thing that happens is... Somebody picks him off somehow, some way, he is assassinated. And as that great world leader is lying in state, and the whole world is watching him, right? In that little thing that they have in their right hand or left hand or wherever it is, that, okay, the whole world is like this, right? Our thumbs are well exercised, okay? And the whole world is watching that. And there he is, and everybody is mourning that man. And at the same time that that's happening, over that three-day period of time, Satan is kicked out of heaven. A star falls from heaven. Well, now that's in Revelation chapter 12, so go over there. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Revelation 12 verse 7, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. The great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called devil and Satan deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. His ca- angels were cast out with him. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused him before our God day and night. They overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, they love not their lives to the death. Rejoice, he says in verse 12. Verse 13, the dragon saw you was cast into the earth. He persecuted the woman which brought forth a man-child. And the woman was given two wings of a great eagle to fly in the wilderness, for she is nourished for when? A time. Times. Time one. Times two. And half a time. One plus two plus a half equals... Boy, the Bible's so hard to understand. Verse 6, And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there 1,200 and threescore days. So there's a war in heaven that takes place at exactly that same point in time. When the pope is assassinated and he's lying in state for those three days, a war takes place above our heads that we cannot see. Michael and his angels finally prevail against Satan. Satan has lost his position as the anointed cherub that covereth when he rebelled in eternity past. He currently has access to the throne of God. He is the accuser of the brethren right now. And all you got to do is look at the book of Job and you can see that. But he loses that access halfway through the tribulation period at this midpoint. And he is cast out into the earth and is now confined there. And it also says that all of his angels that are up there are cast out with him. So whatever that number of the host of heaven is that rebelled with Satan, one-third of them we know. Some of them have been reserved in chains of darkness because they left their first estate, Jude says, and Peter says as well. Those are the guys in the bottomless pit along with their king, Judas. Then you have the rest of these fallen spirit demons that are up here with Satan himself. They are cast out at that point in time, and cast into the earth. At the same time, when he comes down, he's got that key, and he goes, Come on, boys. And every demon in the universe is unleashed and confined to hell, or or to earth, during the last half of the tribulation period. That is why, that's one of the reasons why you cannot possibly wrap your head around how... Horrible that time will be. Well, I'll just get some ammo and rice and beans and hole up and get me a few six packs of beer and I'll make it. Because I got me some guns and I'll make it. (laughs) You have no idea what this will be like. When that happens, he turns on the nation of Israel. A counterfeit resurrection takes place. The body of of the Pope is lying in state, and the whole world is watching it on their cell phones. Satan, the spirit that animates a body, that gives it breath and life, is cast out. When an unclean spirit is cast out, they want a body to inhabit. They want to dwell in something. And you read about that through the Bible many times. Don't need to go into that. A soul comes out of the bottomless pit, rises out of the earth to become the beast out of the earth in the second half of the tribulation period. And it's the same thing, only different. And that soul comes up. That spirit comes down. They join back together again. We're, we we're going to get the band back together, boys. <laughs> right? And they do, and here he comes, and he'll be lying in that that casket, and he will rise out of that casket. Those eyes will twinkle, and the whole world will go, ah, ah, ah that's him, that's God. Back to Thess- back to Thessalonians. I mean, who else but God could rise from the dead, huh? Second Thessalonians 2, verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means. That day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. The man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, which is the same title that Jesus gave to, sa- to, to Judas, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called or God or that is worshipped, I, I shall be as the Most High. So that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that He is God, he moves to Jerusalem and takes over the temple site. This is what is w- what Jesus referred to as the abomination of desolation, standing in the holy place. He goes in you can 't have a holy place if you don't have a holy place. there is no holy place right now. The holy place right now it, the we know that from the bible the construction of the temple and the tabernacle that the holy place the holy place was the holy of holies that only the uh, high priest could go into once a year and that holy place does not exist it's a concrete slab right now at some point somebody's going to figure out a way to build that thing so that it's no longer a concrete slab but there's an actual holy place there where the once a year sacrifice the blood is taken in Uh, according to the day of atonement and all that kind of stuff and the animal sacrifices are taking place in that temple mount and that temple site for a brief period of time during that tribulation then when this pivot takes place halfway through The Antichrist moves into the temple, declares himself to be God, and says, you know these sacrifices you were doing? That's why Daniel says he will cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. He says, those sacrifices you were doing now belong to me because I am God. I proved it. I rose from the dead. And he sits upon the mount of the temple and and the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north and gets as close to being as God as he'll ever get by, by that event by that action that is the abomination of desolation the abomination of desolation cannot possibly be Antiochus Epiphanes in 165 BC because Jesus referred to it as a future event and Jesus does not have Alzheimer's <laughs> okay. at that same point the Jews flee into the wilderness I'm going to come back to some of this stuff in just a minute they will flee into the wilderness. That's what Matthew 24 sa- says. When you see the abomination of desolation, stand in the holy place, run, forest, run. Take off, flee, get into the wilderness. Pray that your flight be not on the Sabbath day. Why? Because the law is back into effect. You can only go a certain distance on the Sabbath day. Pray that it not be in winter. Why? Because it would be very difficult to travel in the snow that way. Pray that you would not be with child. Why? Okay. Why? Running <laughs> <laughs> like that is not easy to do. They tell me. Okay? <laughs> and it's at, it's at that point in time that he is revealed to be the Antichrist. When they run, they are met by the Lord Jesus Christ. As they flee to the wilderness, guess who's down there waiting for them? Okay, there he is. Come on, baby. Come to Papa. As they run, as they flee, the Lord Jesus Christ meets them, seals the 144,000. The heart turns to the nation of Israel. That's what 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 3 says. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile be come in, right? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 says, the, the veil is over their heart, but when it shall turn to the Lord, what's the it? Their heart. They recognize the one who they have crucified as the correct uh, Messiah now. And... This group of people receive Christ as their Messiah. And he says, boy, this is awesome. Great time. You got three and a half years. Endure to the end. If you don't endure to the end, don't take the mark. Because if you get your head cut off, you're going to be just fine as long as you don't take that mark and oh by the way as you go through the world and preach your everlasting gospel revelation chapter 14 and tell people that fear god and honor him because he's coming back again some people are going to hate you and persecute you and going to kill you and if that happens just don't take that mark because if you do you'll be toast if you don't they'll cut your head off that's where that ant that's where that sacrifice gets Flipped again, and Brian alluded to this: that some of those people will be captured, brought to Jerusalem, and human sacrificed on that altar that Satan himself has now taken over. I don't need to get into a whole bunch of that's kind of disgusting, gross, and gl- gory, but it will happen. Okay, Bible's clear about it. But during that, that means of salvation, as you're going through the world, preach this gospel, and every once in a while you're going to encounter somebody who will take you in like the diary of Anne Frank and take care of you, and those people also will have an entrance into the kingdom because they did what the, the Bible tells them to do. Brian has alluded to this, and i just make a quick mention of this. I'm getting close to out of time. But uh, Brian's Smith, this means of salvation thing here. This is very, uh, very, very important. How did Noah get saved? Huh? Did Noah get saved by grace? Yeah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Did Noah get saved by faith? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Noah moved with fear. And okay. So salvation by grace through faith is consistent through any dispensation. Let me say this, and don't throw tomatoes when I say it. There is a work connected with every salvation. I didn't. There is a work connected to every salvation. You know what your work is? To quit working. (laughs) Okay? But you had to actually recognize that you were a sinner and quit trying to trust in your own good works and access by faith the sa- the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to trust and trust that to have your home in heaven secured and guaranteed for you. We have the best deal of all of them, folks. Yeah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord by faith build a boat. His work was what he did demonstrated that the grace God was going to give him be, as a result of his faith was accessible and genuine by what he did. Your The grace that God has access to you by your faith is demonstrated by what you did the day you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior by doing nothing. These people have grace and faith and have to do what God asked them to do The 144,000 have to go out and preach the gospel, and those who hear the message have to respond in such a way humanitarianly to take care of one of those Jewish witnesses during that tribulation period. But that's the flip that takes place during that time. And Jesus meets the 144,000. You have the Mount of Transfiguration in reverse. And the Mount of Transfiguration story in Matthew chapter 17. And in Luke chapter 9, Matthew 17 says, after six days, and Luke 9 says, about eight days. People say that's a contradiction in the Bible. I'm thinking of a number. It's a whole number. It's after six and before eight. Does anybody want to guess what it is? (laughs) Okay. Morons. Okay. And what you had in the Mount of Transfiguration was this, that Jesus appeared... Moses and Elijah were with him. Brian mentioned it. Enoch can't be one of the Jewish witnesses. He's not a Jew. (laughs) Okay? Um, Moses and Elijah are with him, and Peter goes, wow, this is awesome. Let's build tabernacles here. And Moses and Elijah went poof and went back to heaven, and Jesus remained, right? This one flips the script. Jesus meets them as the 144,000 are fleeing into the wilderness, and they have an appearance of him, They see him for who he is. Their heart turns to him. He seals them, commissions them for their work, and leaves Moses and Elijah behind and goes back to heaven. It's a Matthew 17 with a twist to it. Okay? During that time, point nine on your. List says Israel is going to be miraculously fed and protected for 1,260 days. Notice how every one of these events always has the 1,260 connected to it, or a time times and half a time, or 42 months, or some other reference that clearly identifies it as happening at that precise exact moment. Right? So that's why this is the key to the tribulation period. This is the key to what happens during this whole Daniel 70th week, this midpoint flip event that is a series of events that all occur at the same time because they're lined up at the same point in time. The last one on your list is in Daniel chapter 7. Go back to that one. Daniel 7. Daniel 7 and verse uh, 25. Daniel and Revelation are companion books, as you know. Verse 25 says, He shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, think to change times and laws, putting everything just, everything is up for change, right? I don't want to get off into too big of a thing here. But the changing of all moral standards, it just leads right into what's going on. They shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. What is that? Three and a half. This is a campaign against the nation of Israel to obliterate and wipe them from the fa- face of the earth. And that is the main focus of the Antichrist during that last half of the tribulation period. So that's what we call Armageddon. That's World War III. It is a three-and-a-half-year military campaign specifically directed against the nation of Israel. By the time you get about a year into, or, or about two, a little over two years into that, Roughly about a year or so, as, as Revelation 9 lays out, about a year or so prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, this thing explodes into a global conflict, World War III, which culminates ultimately in the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth to sit him on the throne. And we know the rest of the story from there. Okay? So go back to Second Thessalonians again. First half of the tribulation period is just wonderful. It is just probably one of the most prosperous and peaceful times the world has seen in many, many generations. Why? Because the, what's the conflict in the world today? What is the biggest conflict? It's Islam versus Christianity versus Judaism versus Israel versus the world. versus It's, it's, it's all centered around a piece of ground in the Middle East, isn't it? It's all centered around that spot on earth because that's God's center of his heart and kingdom politically on this earth and the enemy wants it and he'll do anything in the world to get it so that he can ascend upon the mount of the congregation and sit upon the sides of the north and be like the Most High. And that's his goal and that's what he wants to do. And he'll accomplish it to the very best of his ability to the most he'll ever do during the tribulation period halfway through an assassination will take place a war in heaven will unfold and Satan and his angels will be cast out with a key to the bottomless pit who will open it up and lead his buddy judas and that horde out as well and every demon in in the universe will be confined to this earth and your children are being programmed for it every day with the cartoons that they watch And when it actually unfolds, the whole world will go, Phew, this is cool, I watched this on television growing up. <laughs> this is neat, hey, how you doing? We're looking for, sp- uh, for life in outer space, and we're looking for help from the, from the gods. They'll get it, they'll get it, and they'll wish to God they never had. So now let's look at the passage again. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, Advent, by our gathering together unto him, those are your goalposts. Everything in the passage has to fit inside the goalpost, or you are wide left, wide right, no, no three points. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. Do not let somebody scare you as a believer in Jesus Christ, because the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means because that day, the day of the advent of Jesus Christ, is not coming unless there's a falling away first where the whole world goes after this man of sin and accepts him as their imam, god, messiah, whatever because of his peace plan. And the man of sin will be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. He is God, sitteth in the temple of God halfway through, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you I told you these things. And now you know. Now you know what withholdeth. the Spirit of God going out at the rapture of the church, does that withhold? Yes. Yeah. None of this is going to happen until we are gone because the day of Christ is at hand. But there's something else that withholds this. Now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time, not capitalized, because the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Only he Who now stands in the way, the Pope, who has to be pulled away, he has to be (coughs) taken out of the way, for the mask to be pulled off, you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. The mystery of iniquity doth already work, and he now leteth till he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed. And then Israel runs, And now you have the great tribulation period. Three and a half years after that, we mount up. Here we come. I'm looking for a white Mustang. (laughs) Okay? And we're ready to ride and come. You ready for it? Father, thank you for Jesus and his love for us. Thank you for the fact that we know for sure that the day of Christ is at hand help us Lord to be about our father's business in things that matter now help us to understand the real means of salvation by grace through faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ and not to run around and scare our lost friends and neighbors about the tribulation period but to share the simple gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with them Get the Spirit of God inside of their heart, inside of their mind, inside of their their lives so that they can have a home in heaven. And then we can start teaching them about some of these things. Give us the opportunity to share your truth and your faith and your grace with those who need to hear it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Jeffrey?